from urine to head here and I'd just like to just name a few things from each part just to point to them and and after that we can go to the silence and go to whatever part you feel drawn to and this is called in kind of a funny English phrase called successive leaving which means beginning to leave out the parts that are less compelling and moving into those that are more compelling but let's first just touch upon all of these beginning with urine the color is yellow it's a watery liquid created in the kidneys and stored in the bladder and excreted through the urethra urine consists of 95 percent water five percent solids it's the elimination of liquid not needed by the body it also has uses for gunpowder help prepare textiles agriculture there's quantities large quantities of nitrogen dissolve phosphates potassium these are the main macronutrients required by plants urine just touching each one for a moment and there's the oil of the joints synovial fluid and egg-like consistency liquid found wherever there are moving joints there are 230 joints in the body that helps to facilitate easy movement is this oil of the joints or synovial fluid Mucus is a thick, glutinous, and sticky fluid found in the digestive, the reproductive, the respiratory, the gastrointestinal, and the urogenital tracts. It's a slippery secretion from the mucous membranes and glands. It serves to protect the linings within the stomach. Helps to clear debris in the nasal passengers, moistens the lungs, contains an antiseptic that serves that protects the cells in those various systems of the digestive, the reproductive, the respiratory, the gastrointestinal, and the urogenital tracts, mucus. Saliva, it's a liquid in the mouth thinner at the tip of the tongue, thicker in the back. Its function is to moisten food, to lubricate mouth parts, act as a digestive agent to sugars. Grease found on the skin, anywhere on the body, these oily fat on the hands, the foreheads, the face, the nose. Uh, the parts it helps to lubricate the skin offers protection and waterproofing of the skin helps prevent dehydration lubricates the scalp and the hair grease tears this waterly fluid in the eyes found in the eye sockets it helps to clean and lubricate the surfaces between the eyeball and the eyelid and of course, emotions can elicit tears, which is a fairly unique human phenomenon. Tears. And fat, the color is yellow. 
It's a stored substance within the fat cells throughout the body. Its most important functions is a stored, a form of stored or potential energy and also serves to insulate us from external temperatures, especially the cold fat. Sweat found on the outer skin of the body is salty and watery secretion comes from the glands and the skin pores. It helps to cool the body by evaporation. Sweat. And blood colors dark to bright red found within the heart, the arteries, the veins, the capillaries. This is the fluid that circulates through the vascular system. It's carrying nourishment, electrolytes, hormones, vitamins, antibodies, heat and oxygen, and taking away waste matter and carbon dioxide. Blood consists of 22% solids and 78% liquids. Human blood travels 60,000 miles a day through the body, about 2,500 miles per hour. Blood. Pus. Pus is a protein-rich liquid produced during inflammation. It's a liquid byproduct of inflammation. Pus. Phlegm. It's produced by the respiratory system and expelled by coughing. Phlegm. This bile, which is a straw color from the liver, and when it goes into the gallbladder, it becomes um, more greenish. Bile comes from the secretion of the liver. It's digestive juice with an emulsifying action that facilitates the digestion of fats in the intestines. The human liver can produce around one quart of bile per day. Bile. Brain. It's the center of the nervous system. More complex than the most powerful computer with over a hundred billion nerve cells. The brain is composed of neurons consisting of gray and white matter. It's the command center sending impulses down the spinal column and have nerve endings throughout the body. Brain. And feces. The word feces comes from the Latin meaning dregs and solid particles of combinations of food residue, bacteria, and mucus. 
There's a study of scatology that helps scientists and anthropologists and physicians, and by studying feces, you can tell where a person lived or visited, what type of diet they had. You can detect ulcers, cancers, parasites, as well as bacterial infections. Feces can also be used to diagnose bowel dysfunction and provide vital information from a crying scene from the DNA within the cells. This is solid matter excreted through the anus, no longer needed by the body, but interesting to say that feces often contains about 50% energy of the original food, and so that means that of all the food eaten, a significant amount goes back to feed our ecosystem. And of course, there's organisms that feed on feces like bacteria to fungi to insects, that, insects such as dung beetles, feces. The stomach is a clear colored organ, though it takes on the color of whatever the food contents are. Perhaps at dinner you had spaghetti and your stomach might look red. If you had a big salad, it might look green. It's a J-shaped pouch. It's located in the upper left of the abdomen. It's a muscular organ where the food is deposited via the esophagus. Once the food is in the stomach, there's gastric juices inside that break it down about three to four hours and it's turned into a cream-like liquid called chyme, which is then later moved into the small intestines. The stomach has to produce a new layer of mucus every two weeks, otherwise it will digest itself. Stomach. The small intestine like a long coiled snake around 33 feet long from the duodenum to the large intestine aiding in the breakdown and digestion of solid and liquid food, foods that allows the nutrients to pass and enter into the bloodstream. Small intestine. And now large intestine is a upside down U-shaped uh, tube. It's just five feet long, but it's called large because of its diameter. It's the last part of the digestive system. Large intestine takes about 32 hours to finish up the remaining processes of the digestive system. It absorbs vitamins that are created by the bacteria inhabiting the colon. It absorbs water, compacts feces, stores fecal matter and the rectum until it is eliminated through the anus, large intestine. And we have the lungs, the color is dark red. These are two cone-shaped spongy organs of respiration with the primary purpose to bring air and blood into intimate contact. So oxygen can be added to the blood and carbon dioxide can be removed and it's achieved by these two pumping, pumping systems, one moving gas and the other liquid. Humans breathe around 20 times per minute, 10 million times per year, lungs. And the spleen, 
It's in the upper left quadrant of the abdomen. An elongated sponge-like tissue organ. Its function is blood formation and acts as a reserve for red blood cells and also supports some immune function. Spleen. The diaphragm, a thin, wide, elastic-like membrane found between the abdomen and the chest. This is what, this is, what uh, is in between the chest and the abdomen. It helps to promote inhalation and helps to promote exhalation. And it expands and contracts. The diaphragm is also involved in non-respiratory functions, helping to expel vomit, feces, urine from the body by increasing intra-abdominal pressure, helps to prevent acid reflux by exerting pressure on the esophagus. It even helps to enhance blood, uh, venous blood flow and lymph return to the heart. It's almost like a second heart or pump of the venous system. Diaphragm. And the liver, largest internal glandular organ in the body, weighing around three to three and a half pounds. The liver is the first to receive the first to receive blood from the intestines. It removes toxic products, purifies digestion and assimilation incorporates amino acids into energy. It excretes bile. The liver is quite an organ. A number of things that it does to keep this body healthy and to purify it. Liver. The heart is found between the two breasts inside the body, slightly to the left of midline. It's a hollow muscular contractile organ, the center of the circulatory system, pumping over 300 quarts of blood an hour, over 60,000 miles a day, the blood flows through the vascular system, heart. Kidneys. There's two of them. The kidneys form urine from blood plasma. They are blood purifiers. They are the major regulators of water, electrolytes, blood pressure. And the acid-based content of the blood. And they also eliminate toxic waste, such as urea. 400 gallons of blood flow through the kidneys in one day about 16 and a half gallons an hour. Kidneys. Bone marrow, yellow and red, the soft tissue occupying the soft cavities of the bones. Bone marrow is nutrients of energy and also responsible for the formation of blood cells. They're helping to produce blood cells of red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets, bone marrow.
bones, the human skeleton, a bony framework of 206 bones, 230 joints. A newborn baby has 350 bones and gradually they begin to meld together and again ending up with 206. And it's said that almost every seven years the body replaces the equivalent of an entirely new skeleton and the largest bone is the pelvis or hip bone and the smallest is the stirrup in the ear hardly larger than a grain of rice and no coincidence that the hardest bone is our jawbone. Human bones form the endoskeleton of the body. They're lightweight and strong and they store minerals, important growth factors. The bones support the body, anchor the muscles to facilitate motion. They also serve as protection of internal organs, the skull protecting the brain, the ribs and cage protecting the heart and the lungs, bones. So the sinews are connective tissue consisting of tendons and ligaments and cartilages, various strings, bands, and cushions. These help to connect the body to the bones and the organs this connective tissue. And the flesh or muscles are composed of cells or fibers that affects movement, has the properties of elasticity, conductivity, irritability, as well as static support, like the muscles of posture in the back. The smallest muscle of the body is about a 20th, 120th of an inch. It's called the stapedius, located in the inner ear. The strongest muscle is the buttock, called the gluteus maximus. This is the tissue filling in the body, and the main characteristics of these muscles is the ability to shorten, contract, or contract muscle or flesh. Skin. The color of skin can vary from black, brown, yellow, red, whitish, like a big bag of grain that takes the shape of whatever is inside. It's the largest human organ. It is the outer cover that forms the outer surface of the body. There are over four million pores in the skin, yet in one square inch there is 44 yards of nerve fibers, 1,300 nerve cells, 100 sweat glands, and three yards of blood vessels. Every square inch also has an average of 32 million bacteria living on it. Every hour, humans shed around 600,000 particles of skin, about a pound and a half a year. Most of the dust particles in your house is made from dead skin. Skin shields the body against infection, dehydration, injuries, parasites, temperature change, provides sensory information about the environment. It acts as a water-resistant barrier so essential nutrients are washed out of the body. Skin.
teeth. There's various types of teeth of incisors, incisors, canines, premolars, and molars rooted in the gums. There's 32 teeth for adults or permanent teeth and for children up to the age of 14, they have 20 primary teeth and adults have 32 permanent teeth. Teeth serve to help break down food, to cut and chew and tear and grind. The bottom teeth are used more for grinding, the top mainly for biting teeth. Nails found in the fingers and toes. They're made of a tough protein called keratin. This is the same substance as found in animal hooves and horns. Nails are a horn-like structure located at the end of fingers and toes forming flat plates. They help protect sensitive skin areas. Nails also act as a counterforce. When the end of the finger touches an object, object it enhances the sensitivity of the fingertip. Nails. Body here. Hairs are thread-like outgrowth from the skin of mammals, thin flexible shafts of hardened cells. There's so many places where there's hair on the body. Some places thin, some places thick. Of course, different colors to the hairs. And the body hair also helps to protect from ultraviolet light exposure, for temperature regulation. And on body hairs, even it's considered that the, the body hairs can serve like an antenna that provide external sense of touch, a sensory amp is found in each follicle body here and then head here here on the head again these thin thread-like outgrowths from the skin of mammals thin flexible shafts of hardened cells and again it's function keeping the top of the head protected for t and also for temperature regulation Protection from ultraviolet light. Head here. So these are the 32 parts that we've been working with. Powerful to go over them all and just to touch upon them one more time. And now we'll move into some silence. And just sensing into any of these parts that are calling to you. And just letting yourself just follow that call. And who knows what, what it evokes. Or might Some of these parts might have evoked another part in the body. So follow what comes up for you in this fathom-long body. With, of course, its thoughts and emotions that lies our world. Its origin, its cessation, its pathway to freedom is found within this fathom-long body, as the Buddha teaches of course, within this body, it can bring up all these personal stories, the conditioning, the identifications, the beliefs, of course. And of course, on the other side, there's the impersonal part, like these thin, flexible shafts of hardened cells, or just these are the thread-like outgrowths from the skin of mammals, just hair. 
and yet there's the personal part so we're working with both the personal and what gets evoked and understanding from the impersonal that perhaps in time we begin to see through these limited definitions these stories these narratives that are self-limiting so going with what's there whether it's personal or impersonal penetrating into this fathom-long body listening to your heart being present with kind attempting being present.
And so just being present and just following what's compelling, what you feel drawn to within this fathom-long body. Of course, being mindful if it evokes any thoughts, any emotions, that's also part of it, the personal, the stories. As well as, of course, perhaps at times penetrating into the impersonal, the selfless nature of things, seeing through these stories, the conditioning, perhaps in time experiencing the unconditioned. Pathway to awakening, being present.
And so all of these parts from the urine to head hair, from the head hair to urine, of course, 20 solid parts, 12 liquid parts, and this 32 parts of body practice. And all of these parts, of course, consisting of these elements, the solids, the liquids, the motion, and the temperature. Just as we are breathing in and out and feeling that contact and touch of the air, that's the element of solidity. It connects us with our bones, with the skull, the sense of hardness, the teeth. As we breathe in and breathe out, you can sense perhaps the wetness within the nostrils that, of course, is part of the wetness within the body of the blood, the tears, the bile, the different fluids, the urine. And as we breathe in and breathe out, feeling the sense of motion just as the breath comes in and out, of course, and the movement of the blood. These different senses of movement, even as I'm speaking right now, the movement of my muscles of my jaw. The movement of this auditory sound that's wiggling against the anvil and hammer of your ears and your auditory nerve that's hearing these sounds through motion. Of course, how it comes together that motion with the solids. So all of these elements are interconnected. And the last element as we breathe in and out, the coolness of the breath in the nostrils as we breathe in, a little bit warmer as we breathe out. And of course, these elements that are found within the body are found within the natural world, the hardness of the bones, the teeth, the hardness of rocks, of the earth, of solid matter. The liquids within the body and the liquids within the natural world of the oceans, the streams, the ponds, the liquid within plants. The movement of the body with the breath in and out and the movement of the heart rate and the workings of digestion and the movements that are happening in the natural world with the winds, the movement of objects, birds flying in the sky and so forth, airplanes, cars moving, lots of movement found within the body and outside of the body. And then the warmth and coolness within the body and also found in the natural world that all of these elements are here. And that in time, gradually the sense of inside and outside may begin to dissolve because we're all part of this family of things. And these material phenomena with these solids, liquids, emotion, and temperature are made of atoms, or in poly they call colopus, small, minute, very minute particles. And these atoms, of course, are come from exploding stars, supernovas, the building blocks of matter within the universe. And again, this is perhaps why Einstein says that separation is an optical delusion of consciousness. 
These elements begin to dissolve the sense of egocentricity, narcissism, separateness. That we are part of this family of things. Each and every one of us is no more so and no less so important as any other particle. We're all part of this family of things. So just sensing and feeling into this fathom-long body with its parts that are made of elements. These elements, of course, expanding here and everywhere that we are part of all of these things. Family of things. whole notion of inside and outside may begin to dissolve as we penetrate into the elements. Within these elements, we may begin to experience a sense of also the, the emptiness of things, and perhaps also the fullness, the suchness of things. Kalu Rinpoche, a great Tibetan meditation teacher, speaks of that we live in an illusion in the appearance of things. And there is a reality, and we are that reality, and when you understand this, you see that you are nothing. And being nothing, you then realize you are everything. That is all. So perhaps my mind says, there's nothing to be found, and my heart says, there's everything to be found. And Anne Alexander Bingham, she writes in her poem, It Is Enough. She says, to know that the atoms of my body will remain after I die. And to think of them. Yes, to think of them rising through the roots of a great oak. To live in the leaves, the branches, and the twigs. And perhaps some of these atoms might feed a crimson peony or a blue iris or broccoli. Some of these atoms might rest on the water that freezes and thaws with the seasons. And some of these atoms might become a bit of fluff on the wing of a chickadee. Ah, to feel the breeze and to know the support of air, and some of these atoms might drift up and up and up into space. Stardust returning from whence it came. It is enough to know that as long as there is a universe, I am a part of it. Stardust from whence it came, it is enough to know that so long as there is a universe, I am a part of it. 
So just feeling that sense of connection and interconnection, even as you literally are sitting here right now, whether you're in Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, Ohio, New Hampshire, California, wherever you are, as you breathe in, the plant world is offering you its oxygen. And as you breathe out, this carbon dioxide returning to help nourish the plants, the sense of reciprocation, the sense of interconnection, that we are part of this family of things. Feeling the sense of your body, making contact with whatever it is that you're sitting upon and beneath that, the earth, around you, the environment, above you, the sky, that we are part of this whole terrarium of the universe, no more so and no less so than all beings. The sacredness of all of life, of all that's, all that is. Feeling into that sacredness, inviting that in. The sacredness of existence, the mystery, that we're part of it. Opening to that sense of belonging, inviting in the sense of benevolence, the kindest benevolence, great compassion of great kindness and letting it just feel within you and around you, penetrating into the bone marrow, into the blood, into this life. being bathed in this heart of loving kindness. And just to be able to rest in it. So nice to just, okay, you don't even have to try to meditate now. You don't even have to try to have loving kindness. Just letting yourself rest in it. <sighs> just letting yourself just rest in the benevolence. It's just boundless, this benevolence. Resting and being held. And our willingness, our vulnerableness to allow ourselves with great courageousness just to be held. Allowing ourselves to be held in this great kindness. It's resting in the grace of this universe. Inviting in those that are near and dear, inviting in all beings. Grace is boundless beyond measure. Even enough room for the whole universe to take rest in. Resting in the great benevolence.
May we never underestimate these powers of love that dissolve separation, that dissolve fear, that dissolve hatred. From the Dharma teachings, hatred never ceases by hatred, only love ceases hatred. And I just end with the beautiful teachings on loving kindness from the Buddha called the Metta Sutta. This is the, the Sutta of loving kindness. It's a beautiful teaching that speaks about how to live our lives in the opening of the heart, the developing of humility, contentment, the open heart. So he says from the Buddha, this is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright and straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, and unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud and demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove. And wishing and gladness and in safety may all beings be at ease. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, the medium, the short or the small, the seen and the unseen, and those living near or far away, those born and yet to being born. I love that line. Even if you're not yet born, we got you covered, we got your back. Extending this goodwill to those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life, her child, her only child. So with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths outwards and unbounded and freed from hatred and ill will. And whether standing or walking or seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. And by not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one having clarity of vision awakens, experiences deepest peace. Beautiful teachings from the Metta Sutta of loving kindness. Whatever living beings they may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, the medium, the short or the small, the seen and the unseen, and those living near or far away, those born and yet, to being born, may all beings dwell with peace.
So taking this rest in this heart of the great kindness, that there's room for all beings to take rest in, showering and bathing, resting in this heart of great loving kindness. May all beings dwell with peace. I'll just end in a very traditional way that um, when I first began practicing, my teacher would always end with the, in the Romanized Pali, it's called Sadhu, 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 which means well done, well done, well done. And it's often recited at the end of a meditation. And in Burmese Pali, it's the S's become THs. And so we go, Thadu, Thadu. Thadu Buckaroo <laughs> Couldn't help to make a little rhyme on that. Thank you so much for this uh, extended practice tonight. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.